So why do children stop napping? So there are so many different reasons that children may stop napping. And research suggests that it probably isn't just one of these factors, but a lot of these factors working together. Hi everyone, welcome to the Parenting Translator Newsletter. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and today I'm gonna be talking about when children drop their naps. Um, So today I'll be talking about the research behind when and why children stop napping and how to handle it as a parent. My two older children both stopped napping around two and a half years old. It was beyond terrible timing. In both cases, I had just brought home a newborn sibling, and I'd been counting on that nap to get a break from the relentless demands of having a newborn and a toddler. I realized now that it was likely not just bad timing and their refusal to nap was likely related to the transition of a new sibling, and their craving as much time with me as possible. However, it was still hands down the hardest transition I faced as a mother, and it took me a long time to accept it as the new normal. Because I had a newborn at the time, I was not able to implement a plan to keep them napping, such as returning them to their room a hundred times or driving them around until they fell asleep. I was also too exhausted to try to come up with a consistent quiet time plan. Instead, I simply gave up and moved their bedtime to 6.30, which seemed to at least improve their afternoon mood. My third child just turned two and a half, and I'm terrified that his time is coming as well. Although I don't have a newborn right now, his naps seem to be getting shorter and he seems to be fighting them more. Just as I was writing this newsletter, I heard the pitter-patter of little feet down the stairs and the two words that every mother dreads during nap time. Me up! When a child drops their last nap, it can be a difficult transition for parents. Most parents have come to rely on this time to accomplish important tasks, have a break from the constant demands of a young child, and maybe even take a nap themselves. It's hard to imagine surviving as a parent without this much-needed respite. In today's newsletter, I'll discuss the research behind why naps are important, when children stop napping, why this transition occurs, and practical tips for what to do when facing this difficult yet inevitable transition. So when do most children stop napping? Research finds that the age at which children transition from napping varies widely, from two to seven years. Research finds that most children drop their nap gradually, going from napping consistently every day to napping inconsistently to dropping the nap entirely. So let's break this down by age. So less than two and a half percent of children stop napping before the age of two. 33% of children stop napping by age three. 57% of children stop napping by age four. 80% of children stop napping by age four and a half and 94% of children stop napping by age five and a half. So why is napping important? Napping is essential for young children to get the necessary sleep they need. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children under 12 months get 12 to 16 hours of sleep per day. Children one to two years get 11 to 14 hours of sleep per day. And children three to five years get 10 to 13 hours per day. So in order to achieve this total daytime sleep, most children will need to nap when they are young. Previous research also suggests that napping has many benefits for young children. Um, Specifically, research finds that napping seems to improve children's ability to learn, um, to learn language, to problem solve, to consolidate memories, meaning transferring their memories from short-term storage to long-term storage. Um, And in most of these studies, researchers measure children's performance before and after napping. 
versus their performance at the same time of day with no nap. Um, and researchers find, for example, that when children are taught a memory game in the morning, their memory is stronger after taking an afternoon nap. So also, as any parent of a child who has missed a nap can tell you, napping is also important for children's moods. Research finds that two to three-year-old children who miss their nap are more likely to show negative emotions and less likely to show positive emotions. They are also more likely to become frustrated with a difficult task, suggesting that skipping a nap may reduce emotional regulation abilities. However, one study with three to five-year-olds suggests that these benefits may only occur for children who are still napping regularly and who children who have dropped their naps in some cases may not really need a nap to get these cognitive benefits. In other words, the children who no longer nap regularly do not seem to need a nap for optimal brain functioning. Um, However, another study with slightly younger children, this group only included three-year-olds, found that both regular nappers and non-regular nappers showed improved word learning after a nap, suggesting that both groups may have still needed a nap. So why do children stop napping? So there are so many different reasons that children may stop napping. And research suggests that it probably isn't just one of these factors, but a lot of these factors working together. And these include both genetic biological factors, what we would call nature, and the environmental cultural factors, what we would call nurture. Um, environmental factors seem to play a larger role as children get older. For example, research finds that when a, whether a 30-month-old is still napping is 48% determined by environment, and a 48-month-year-old's nap is 79% inter- determined by environment. So what are these factors that most likely determine when a child stops napping? So first, parent attitude. So your attitude really does matter. Parent attitudes towards napping such as whether the parent encourages the child to nap, also play an important role. Research finds that parents of children who are regular nappers are more likely to value daytime sleep, have positive views of napping, and believe napping benefits the child, and they have fewer schedule-related concerns about napping. In other words, they change their schedule to make napping a priority. Another study found that parents who encourage napping are more likely to have a child who nap for longer during the day. So it really is important to continue to encourage napping if it's important to you. There are other family influences at play here too. So research finds that children are more likely to drop a nap when they have an older sibling or when their primary caregiver does not work outside the home. Um, Dropping a nap early, which means before three years of age, is more common in girls than boys, um, which may be related to parents' views of boys versus girls, sex differences, or a combination of both. Um, Another factor, which may not surprise you, is longer nighttime sleep. So research finds that children who sleep longer at night are more likely to drop their naps earlier. Um, As children get older, their sleep tends to consolidate into longer nighttime sleeping, and their sleep needs drop. So meaning they're more likely to fulfill their sleep needs during the night alone. Another factor is having low sleep needs. So the amount of sleep a child needs to get every day um, really varies widely. And research suggests that genetics plays a role in both nighttime and daytime sleep. So this research suggests that some children may be simply born with um, lower sleep needs and there's very little that a parent can do to alter this. Research also finds that cultural and racial differences um, play a role in the age at which children stop napping, um, which further suggests that environmental factors may be at play. 
For example, research finds that children in European countries stop napping before children in Australia and Asian countries, and that children in European countries are more likely to stop napping between 24 to 36 months when compared to children in North American countries. Um, research also finds racial differences in napping. So in the United States, for example, Black children stop napping at older ages than white children. And this is likely related to differences in nighttime sleep because Black children also have significantly less nighttime sleep. Um, and it may also be related to cultural beliefs about child sleep. A recent study also found that differences in brain development may play a role in when children stop napping. Um, so this really interesting study, researchers found that children who regularly nap versus children who don't regularly nap show differences in a brain region called the hippocampus. Um, and the hippocampus is involved in memory consolidation. So think of the hippocampus as short-term storage for memory and the cortex as long-term storage. So napping helps to move the memories from the hippocampus, short-term storage, to the cortex for long-term storage. So it's kind of like emptying a bucket so that it can be filled up again with more memories. So the researchers found that children who were still napping had a hippocampus that was less mature. Um, that is, it resembles um, the hippocampus of a younger child. So their hippocampus is more likely to fill up with memories so that bucket gets full. And they're more likely to require the nap to empty the hippocampus for new memories to come in. And children with a more mature hippocampus can wait until the end of the day when they empty out their hippocampus during the nighttime sleep. So does this mean that the brain development of children who are still napping is delayed or something is wrong? Um, definitely not. But it does provide an explanation for why some children might still need a nap and others don't. Um, all children's brains develop at different rates, and it's not necessarily a predictor of future intelligence or success. And in addition, as I've stated earlier, brain development alone can't be the only explanation since research finds that up to 80% of the variance in whether children nap at age four is explained by environmental factors. So does napping impact nighttime sleep? As children get older, parents may start to notice that an afternoon nap has a noticeable impact on nighttime sleep. A common saying is sleep begets sleep, meaning that the better a child sleeps during the day, the better they will sleep at night. But this seems to run counter to our experiences as a parent. Most parents report that when their child takes a long or a late nap during the day, they have trouble falling asleep at night. And when they skip a nap, they fall asleep at the dinner table. So as children get older, parents may also wonder if they should skip a nap or cut out a nap in order to improve nighttime sleep. So what extent does napping really impact nighttime sleep? And does this mean that parents should stop their children from napping if it's disturbing their nighttime sleep? So a review study published in 2014 found that napping during the day is consistently linked to difficulty falling asleep, um, tending to fall asleep later at night, as well as decreased sleep duration and quality of sleep at night. So in other words, children who nap tend to go to sleep later at night, sleep for a shorter period of time, and sleep more poorly at night than children who do not nap. However, this association was really strongest for children over the age of two, um, suggesting that naps may only significantly impact nighttime sleep for children over the age of two. Another recent study looked at napping in one-and-a-half-year-old children and how naps impacted nighttime sleep. They found that the longer the toddlers napped during the day, the later they went to sleep at night. 
and the less time they slept at night overall. The timing of the nap also seemed to have a significant impact with late afternoon naps disturbing sleep to a greater extent. In other words, it may not be napping itself that disrupts nighttime sleep, but napping for longer or later in the day. It is important to note that it remains unclear the extent to which naps versus nighttime sleep contribute to early brain development, although we know that getting sufficient sleep is critical to brain development. And we also don't know the extent to which nighttime versus daytime sleep is more restorative. So translation here, a shorter nap in the early afternoon may help if your child struggles with nighttime sleep. Um, But if your child is napping well and sleeping well at night, there's no reason to cut their nap short or skip it. So what about napping in childcare or at school? So a big piece to the napping puzzle is that many children in um, preschool or childcare are required or really strongly encouraged to nap up until the age of five. As mentioned above, children with working parents are more likely to continue napping after age three. And this might be related to a child of working parents being more likely to be in childcare and thus being more likely to have this mandatory nap time. In some childcare settings, Naps are really mandatory, meaning no activities are provided during this time, and children are required to lie down and at least attempt a nap. While in other childcare settings, children are encouraged to engage in alternative activities, such as looking at books if they can't nap. In one study of preschool classrooms, meaning three to five-year-olds in Australia, 83% of preschools had a mandatory nap time, and 69% of the children did not sleep during this time. So is this policy of mandatory nap time an important way to encourage sleep in children who need a nap? Or is it simply um, boring, understimulating, and perhaps even stressful for children? Although mandatory nap time is, of course, important for infants and young toddlers, research suggests that this policy of mandatory nap time may be stressful for preschool-age children. So one study found an increase in negative emotions around a required nap time, and that meant children were required to lie down even if not sleeping. And research also finds that children who do not sleep during the mandatory nap time show higher levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and more distress during this time. Another research study found that the mandatory nap time had no significant impact on cortisol levels and did not decrease cortisol over the course of the day, which also means that the mandatory nap time was not reducing stress in children, even if it was not increasing stress. Um, And in addition, in this study, the children who were in the mandatory nap conditions and weren't able to sleep, they did not show the typical decrease in cortisol at bedtime, suggesting that not being able to nap during this mandatory nap time may impact their nighttime sleep. So translation, we have no evidence that mandatory nap time is beneficial to young children and some evidence that it may cause more stress. So what are the takeaways from this research? How does this research inform your parenting around the transition away from napping? So first, observe signs in your individual child rather than relying on an age to determine when your child is ready to give up napping. The age at which a child stops napping varies widely. So it's important for parents to look at their individual child rather than depending upon age. Um, And it's also important for parents not only to look at whether the child is refusing the nap because this is a common behavioral issue and they may be refusing the nap but still really need it. So some things to look at is, are they getting enough sleep at night to make up for missing the nap? 
And how do they seem when they skip their nap? Do they have more difficulty regulating their emotions and solving problems? And finally, is the nap interfering with their nighttime sleep? If they have significant difficulty falling asleep and staying asleep on days when they nap, it might be time to give up a nap. If you aren't sure, continue to provide an opportunity for your child's nap. Napping has many possible benefits for the children who still need it. So make sure you provide the opportunity if you're not sure if they're ready. Also, um, be flexible about naps. Most children drop their nap gradually, so you don't need to see the nap as an all or nothing thing. Allow your child to nap on some days and not on others if that's what they need. Um, Try a shorter or earlier nap if they seem to still need it, but it's interfering with nighttime sleep. If it does seem to be interfering with sleep, just consider adjusting it to being a little bit earlier in the afternoon. Remember that your own attitudes matter. So research finds that parents who value napping tend to have children who nap longer. So think about your own attitudes towards napping and how you can change it. If your child consistently refuses to fall asleep, it may be time to accept the transition and move on. Unfortunately, as parents, we can't make our children fall asleep. We can give them opportunities to nap, but whether or not they actually sleep is up to them. If they consistently refuse to fall asleep and seem to be fine with that nap, you might want to accept this transition even if they seem too young. Um, But if they're still struggling with mood or other aspects of functioning in the afternoon, um, try to move up their bedtime and see if it helps. Um, If your child drops a nap, but you still feel like they need quiet time, here are some tips to make that happen. So start small. Start with just five minutes and work up to longer and longer time periods. Praise and reward your child each step along the way. Make your expectations about quiet time very, very clear. Use a visual to explain your expectations. A visual with choices can be very useful, showing them what their options are during quiet time. And a visual timer like the time timer or the hatch nightlight can be very helpful to help children understand how much longer they have and when quiet time is over. Save special toys for quiet time. These toys tend to lend themselves well to independent play and they should be engaging for children. Um, Audiobook players like the Tony Box or the Yodo can be very helpful here. Um, And finally, have a consistent routine so that children know when quiet time begins and when it ends. For example, you could go through kind of a quicker version of the bedtime routine before quiet time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Parenting Translator newsletter. Tune in next week for more research-backed parenting tips. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.